Welcome to The Complex, where we trade ideas and discuss what's new in multifamily property management. Today is actually really special to me because um, my guest, Andy Medley, is actually the first person to give me a microphone and uh, amplify my voice a little bit. I was on a podcast. We're trying to figure out when it was. We think it was 17 or 18. Um, Pre-pandemic. Pre, definitely. Pre, yeah, is that how we're referring to it yeah, now? I don't know. Maybe. Um, pre-pandemic. But he invited me to be on his podcast. And um, it was a really exciting experience for me and very exciting for me to talk about the one thing that I think I know best, which is leasing. But as it has evolved and as my roles evolved, I really count on people like Andy to keep me in the know. And so he's here to talk to us today and we have to do the obligatory introduction. So Andy Medley, tell us about Andy and Perk. Okay. Uh, I'm Andy Medley. I was lucky enough to have Katrina uh, on our podcast, <laughs> PP. Inaugural guest, by Inaugural the way. Inaugural guest. That was the first uh, Yeah, and you, to- you totally crushed. And uh, <laughs> and we we had a good year and a half of, uh, of good content there. But um, no, Perk is a, uh, is a marketing automation company that focuses uh, exclusively in multifamily. And our job is to help bring automation. Um, and typically, we think about that. Uh, what we do is a little bit different because... Well, our background was a little bit different from where we came from. We weren't the stereotypical story of yeah. I started in leasing and then now right. I'm VP of marketing or whatever the role is. And all I've ever known is multifamily. We were outside the industry. Yeah, tell I, I want everyone to understand the path and the fact that you were in a different industry because what multifamily I think gets criticized for sometimes is not. you know, adopting things that other industries are doing and are successful at. So um, (laughs) tell everybody where you started. I I love it. I know nothing about that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So um, my best friend and I uh, started an agency right out of school. Uh, We were roommates in college and uh, he had an idea and I joined him and um, we were serving the big box retailers, the automotive dealerships, big, large furniture stores um, in traditional advertising, uh, trying to generate traffic. What was traditional at that uh, point? Direct mail. Yes. Uh, and it's okay to say it. Oh, yeah. No, I, <laughs> heck, it still works sometimes today. Yeah. Uh, and inserts. You know, there used to be these things called newspapers, and they would deliver them <laughs> to the front door, and inside of them would be inserts advertising something. Yeah. So um, that's how we cut our teeth. And as we grew uh, really quickly, um, we started to find that there was some options to embrace technology a little bit more and, and start what ultimately became Perk. And as we were exploring what we wanted to do and where we wanted to go, um, multifamily was kind of staring us right in the face and had an opportunity that kind of popped up and really recognized um, that the way uh, multifamily was Utilizing technology and the opportunity there was or not or not at that time. Yeah, was wide open. Um, yeah, and so uh, we were we went in whole hog. So you went from direct mail right to AI. Well, our agency <laughs> our agency still in business. Uh, Perk was birthed out of oh. out, out of our agency. Yeah, yeah, so it's running. It's got a great team, uh, and now I spend all my time. Um, working with people like you, uh, doing the best we can to try and help provide value and grow and push this market into a new direction. Yeah. Does PERC, um, does it, is it an acronym for you all or is, 
so uh, <laughs> it's impossible to find a name of a company mainly because there's no URL that's available. Uh, so you go to um, agencies that specialize in this, and um, this agency brought this name. It was somewhat available for mm. a, a small fee, but, <laughs> but perk is uh, short for perquisite. And perquisite um, is exactly what you think. Uh, it is a perk. Yeah, perk. a perk. In, in, in Europe, in, uh, in London, it's been a minute since I've thought about this, uh, was spelled P-E-R-Q. Okay. Here it's spelled P-E-R-K. So like when we're just saying like perks, like it's a perk of the job, it's, that is the same yes, as yes. perquisite. And I was, I was talking, I was trying to think about what the specific definition of perquisite is, but that's, that's what the definition oh, okay. is. And we saw that and thought, this is, this is, this is perfect. It works. Yeah, this is yeah. cool. It's four letters. It's, yeah. yeah. There's some cool designs with it. We, you know, it's memorable. And, uh, it is. And we went with it. Every time I say it to someone, I'll say perk, P-E-R-Q. Like I immediately, I like I immediately I like spell it, yeah. um, and I think that I, I think that I always have. Well, I love that you started in print and then transitioned. I also started in print, quote unquote. Well, we all did in multifamily because you know I used to sell ads in the magazine. I used to sell front covers oh, really? in the magazine. Okay, and it was long enough ago that I remember when we added QR codes to. The magazine to start driving some additional traffic and and you know traceable traffic trackable traffic yeah um, yeah and be, because otherwise you know you didn't have people that came in and said oh I, they didn't know which magazine they sold in first of all there's two magazines sometimes three and so you know that that connectivity piece became critical and I remember showing people all over how to use a QR code and that was in two thousand and. 12, I think. Okay. And yeah. so, you know, and then that was like QR codes kind of went away because no one needed them. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're back. Like we all need a QR code for everything. Um, and even yesterday I was at Ball State participating in, you know, part of their residential property management program. And they had people giving presentations and one of the students put a QR code on one of his slides. So of course, I'm like, well, I need to know what that is. I mean, it's his LinkedIn page. Genius. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, I just, you know, I know what that transition was like. Um but but how did you you know what was your first product per se and and what is your freshest product? Yeah, um, great question. So uh, going back first to the, digital project, obviously. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> back to the agency, it, it was traditional advertising, but we were we were doing exactly what you were talking about. So when we would put on a campaign, um, we would send a kiosk to the to the location um, on every single printed ad we had was a was a personalized URL, right, mm-hmm. to drive that individual. Um, there are multiple benefits behind that, like we could track the mail and know if it got delivered, but also know which zip codes are performing, and you can do a bunch of A-B tests and all the good stuff that you want to do if you want to continue to kind of improve your marketing. And, yeah. Um, it was also kind of us first entry into uh to websites. I mean, these were landing pages, so they weren't the company's websites, mm-hmm. but we were starting to understand the value uh, in how you kind of make that the center of the universe. And so as we went into this space, you know, what's unique about multifamily, uh, which is similar to automotive, so we had a little bit of experience because we saw automotive's trajectory, which was 100% reliance on cars.com, 100% reliance on um, Auto Trader uh, to get their leads. Oh, so like ILS's exactly hundred percent like reliance on ILS, hundred percent. Okay. And then they slowly started to adapt and adjust to kind of controlling their own destiny. Uh, and the only way you can do that is 
increasing conversion on your website and maximizing every opportunity that Google provides. Yeah. Uh, and so we saw this space and went, oh my gosh, uh, as we started to look at Google Analytics and started to look at some cu- early customers, the traffic was, the traffic conversion was abysmal, um, less than 1%. And uh, we recognized that they were also spending a ton of money with ILSs and we knew that we could increase the conversion on the website that might help offset some of the spend uh, with ILSs. And so our first our first uh, technology were interactive experiences that lived on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to, we injected those to where they looked native uh, and interactive experiences. Think about something that uh, you want to engage with as a consumer um, that gives you information and in you're shopping, uh, but in return, you're giving information to that business. And that business, if they're doing something right with that engagement, and this kind of goes to where we were going, mm-hmm. is it helps with further personalization. If, if they're doing something with what, yeah. If they're doing with something, exactly. Yeah. And so we started there and um, layering on experiences like a floor plan assessment, a rent calculator, and a special offer, and a you know, uh, what's the community around me like? Because we are studying shoppers. We recognize that when they're on a website with a um, looking at a property, they also had their phone out and they might look on Yelp and figure out like, and then all of a sudden they're distracted and the site goes away. Um, so yeah. um, I probably just did a bad job there. Uh, <laughs> and okay. so you just build an integration with Yelp and you put it on the site and they can now look at the, look at the community through the lens of the property rather than look at the community through the lens of Yelp. And again, as they're answering questions like what floor plan is right with you, you're injecting personality-based questions like um, what's your move-in timeline? Do you have pets? What amenities matter to you? What's your budget? Yeah. Um, Have you ever been convicted of a federal (laughs) crime? Whoa. (laughs) That escalated quickly. Yeah. Uh, Um, But uh, that's that's where we started. But all the traditional questions that, you know, especially new leasing agents are trained to just sort of like be able to fire off, you know, readily – um, you know, it's sort of our version of small talk. And I, yeah, I yeah. do remember from our podcast, which I know was a long time ago, but I do remember that my, the way that I looked at it and described it when I had to sell it to, um, you know, a stakeholder that was trying to ask, why are we buying this? I said, I always equate it to retail is who I am because I'm a shopper. And I said, you know, we need a salesperson on the floor, you know, otherwise they're just walking through That's our right. store, but we need a salesperson saying, can I help you? And, you know, starting to grab the information instead of waiting, you know, cause not all consumers obviously are, you know, engaging with us until they're engaged. Like yeah. it's really flat until someone's like sort of like reaching and grabbing them. And, and we couldn't wait any longer. We couldn't wait in theory to get the sales presentation started. If we were waiting until after the conversion, we knew that we had an opportunity cost. And so like, I always just sold it to, you know, others or explained it to others as saying like, no, you want, you want a salesperson on the floor. We got to get a salesperson on the floor. Uh, absolutely. And that's and, what we did. And you didn't want a salesperson that, um, that only asked one of two things. Uh, would you like to schedule a tour? Or would you like us to contact you? Right. And and those are yeah. the only calls to action that right. typically exist on the websites. And those are very important. But the reality is like, yeah. if I'm a consumer that just started yeah. and I show up on your website, there's nothing for me to do to tell you who I am. And in every other market outside of multifamily, mm-hmm. that is exactly what they're trying to prevent. And in this space, as this as you see the market slowly start to adopt, exactly following the same maturity curve as automotive, mm-hmm. and relying on trying to control their own destiny and drive PPC and SEO and understand all the things that Google are doing, because Google doesn't want you going to 
CoStar's website. To somewhere else, yeah. Yeah, they want they you want spending money with them right. on their website, on yeah. your website, to drive more people there. And so we just saw the opportunity to, to maximize that traffic and understand as we continue to focus on if you spent money getting someone to the site through passive traffic, through your through your brand reputation in the market because you've been there forever yeah. or whatever, and they leave, that's a now it's a hope strategy. Right. <laughs> yeah, I hope they come back. I hope they I come hope back. I hope they still yeah. yeah, drive by. I hope we have some drip marketing. Because I don't know who you place, are. Or, I can't yeah. call you. I have, well, so. yeah, I guess you can't even do drip marketing at that point because it was... Although, aren't there some people out there that would argue that they... And I'll tell you, I hear it still, even from some of my own team sometimes, like, I just want the qualified leads. I just want that. I don't want a bunch of leads. I just want qualified leads. What's your experience with sentiment like that? Oh, yeah. No, that's so... Um, we built the technology. Uh, it's like you're a podcast host lead, leading me to the next phase. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, this is my job, I'm right? saying you're doing a good job. Yeah. Uh, so um, what we realized is that, and this is shame on us because we didn't know the market well enough, is that we were, we were three to four Xing the amount of leads that were being generated on the website. Uh, and we still do that today. Um, you still, do, I mean, that's wild. I still think that's wild. It's just, yeah. now. Yeah. I remember it, though. I can affirm that. Um, I, I can say that that's not Andy just quoting some statistics in some way oh, yeah, that sounded, you know, like you molded it, you know, like an actuary to make it that way. It, yeah. that, that's legitimate. That was my, that was definitely my experience. And my tr- my school of thought was, I can handle all the leads you send me. Send me all the leads. That's right. Um I don't know if that's the same now. Like six years ago, I do think uh, workforce, humans, some of those things, you know, even the consumer, I'm sure, is different too. So, like, some of that is different today than it was at the time. But at the time, I was like, nope, I'll take them all. Yeah. Bring it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what we realized is that, well, the on-site teams absolutely hated us because we were just <laughs> burying them. Uh, and um, what we also knew as we were starting to do more analytics is that our, our whole goal was to build a marketing automation platform. And, and, and that's basically soup to nuts to take lead management off of the on-site team so they can focus on quality. And as we were starting to do our analysis, we were realizing, like, man, the, the, the website leads, whether they're followed up with or not, are absolute gold. They have a higher conversion to tour. They have a higher conversion to lease. Yeah. It's just a natural intent that, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there in the world that just are like, oh, let me go check out this this property website. Right. More times than not, if you're going to the property website, you're at least have some indication of interest in what it is that you're doing. You've just got to, you've got to have a, a property that you're looking at. It's embracing technology to kind of lead you down the path, just like we get led everywhere else digitally. Right. Um, this is just a space. So we so we slowly started to build out what the technology was that was going to put us in a position to say, you guys don't need to call these leads anymore. Um, we'll take care of them, and we're just going to give you tours. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so there's a moment, there's probably a moment in every operator's mind, or even some that haven't ever used anything like this, to just be like, how do I how do I trust that? You know, like how can you, or even just the, you know, human advocates that are saying like, how is it that your, you know, computer, your technology, your AI, you know, et cetera, you know, how is it that you can be better? I'm just going to, I'm going to roll back for just one second. Yeah, like the yeah. whole time you're talking about, you know, like just the difference in the ILS and 
Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's like, you can track all the people coming to the mall, but how many people went to your store? And then now we're talking about having so many people that our store is crowded and it has a line and people, you know, jump ship, I suppose. But I mean, since we're, you know, the topic in theory today is AI or at least automation in some shape or form in our industry. And there are so many, like at, at NEA, there were so many people that boasted, <laughs> you know, or highlighted yeah. or were talking about or saying like, yeah, we have AI, we have AI, we have AI. Is there a very specific like definition of that to where some companies can and should market that and other companies really don't have it, but they are playing on that word because we just don't know. I don't think the average human really understands I'm not saying I understand it I'm asking you to tell me yeah um, yeah yeah like yeah. are you is it really AI and if so how do you how can you explain that well I think that's a we really screwed up because we didn't call ourselves we didn't put AI in our name uh, and so that we could have stood out with every other company at, at, at yeah at NAA but um I can assure you that uh, there are some companies that don't have AI, and I can assure you that there are companies that do have AI. Yeah. And, you know, at the foundation is is data, um, okay. and that data has to tell the technology what to do, uh, coupled with this infrastructure that, that supports it. And so I'll give you an example, right? Okay. I'll tell you how we build our AI, and I think that'll help you kind of understand yeah. it. It started the website, mm-hmm. uh, and um, we start to get all these conversions, and we, Conversions meaning collected someone's information, yes, yes, something. Yes. What do you call a conversion? Anything? Email, um, phone? Minimum first name. name, last name, email, phone number. Okay. So those Form three key yep. pieces. Got you it. You got it. Yep. And uh, and we were also integrated with uh, Google Analytics. And so we would have a custom Google ID attached to that known individual, which allowed that, you know, Google data is anonymous, but it allows right. us to kind of connect the dots backwards. Yeah. But then we also went forward. Uh, with the customer-provided leasing data. And that allowed us to marry where they started and where they ended in all of the actions that they took mm-hmm. up until the point that they leased. Okay. So that's an algorithm for how you start to create next steps. Okay. What's the next step a consumer should take naturally for you that you care about to get to a tour and get to an application and, and get to a lease? Okay. Um, that became the foundation for cadence, right? How do you create personalization? And then you start to build in layer and content. That the, that the algorithm can pull from based on the actions that the consumer is taking. And so it's really choose your own adventure. They just scheduled a floor plan, and they also told you that they care about pets. Maybe we should send them a, a branded email around, check out the community and the cool pet park that they have. Right. And at the same time, the call to action is to schedule a tour. Which is really just relevance, I mean, in theory. And clearly... Humans could do this work, but I maybe I did some spot checking of leads. I always do spot checking of leads. A warning to all my team members um, on the regular. I'm looking at guest cards. I'm looking at the path. I'm doing what you know some knowledge work. I suppose that um, I'm sure some AI could do for me. But I go in there and see what information we had and how did we use it. And we don't. We aren't using it. It's so impossible. yeah. So we're not um, always serving up the most relevant or any relevant content, depending, um, or indefinitely not anything that's influential like that. Like, yeah, they said this floor plan, this pet, I'm going to send them the pet park. Like that feels very logical to me. Um, but like, until I get one-on-one training with some, you know, especially newer to the industry leasing folks, we, we don't ever get to tell them to do that. And it's not, it's not intuitive, actually. <laughs> it's not intuitive to just say, yeah. what would make sense here? And so your system 
has figured out what makes sense. And tell me, let's talk about Cadence for just one second, because yeah. I've had agents also say, well, I just connected with them, you know, yesterday, and I don't want to bother them again until, like, Thursday. And I don't, you know, and then after that, like, you know, it's almost like they want to have this self-imposed and, and under the guise of, like, well, the consumer doesn't want me to contact them all the time. And it's like, well, do they get what they want, or do we need to do what we want? Really, we just want to do what's successful, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, that's yeah, ideal. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, through data, you feel like you have a handle on that? Or oh, yeah. So so first off, um, there's a difference between follow-up and nurture, right? And so okay. follow-up means that I'm a consumer. I went to your website, and I, I uh, scheduled a tour, and I asked a question inside somewhere that said, hey, do you accept pets, or what's your pet policy? Yeah. And you follow up with me with a phone call or whatever and say, yeah, you can schedule a tour. You can come in on the 14th, and our pet policy is X. Mm-hmm. That's simply following up from a from a level of interest that the consumer had. Okay. If they keep asking questions, that is not nurturing that customer. Okay. That is simply helping them. And, of course, you're trying to do things to get them to schedule a tour yeah. to lease them. It doesn't mean there's not selling involved in it. Right. It just means that. I the the AI is less algorithmic mm-hmm. because you've asked something and I'm following up with you. The challenge comes in okay. when they go dormant. And this is kind of tied to what you're talking about in terms of the capability of an on-site team member who would love to be able to do this, but the fact is most people are shopping for five, six months for an apartment, and because I'm shopping five to six months for an apartment, I'm not shopping every are day. Are they really? Oh, yes. That long? I, uh, we see over four months consistently. So I guess then our data doesn't... Is from when you know that they started. I know. Started. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, the the misalignment is, you know, our tracking piece could be from, like, first contact with us to application to move in, which is, um, at least at least from what I can see on a larger scale, a faster a faster process. But, but that's, like you just said, like, that's from the moment that they... Um, we actually got that information, but yeah. you know that they... It, it's, I was saying four months, three to six months. In, in there. Right, but yeah. that's when they are at least starting to look for apartments, but they don't maybe engage until a little bit later. But you know that they've started the search. Okay. They don't want to talk to anybody because they don't know what to talk about. It's the same okay. as us when we're... I mean, just put yourself in the... I keep going back to automotives. Think about shopping for a car. Yeah. Right. The first thing you do is not call a dealership and say, hey, I'm looking for a car. <laughs> No, definitely, no, right? definitely not. No. Yeah, and so you're you're just starting, and um, and the challenge is that if they're three, I months just out, bought a car a couple months ago, so it's like now all of a sudden I'm retracing. I'm going to retrace my steps and look at my path to that. Yeah, is it that similar? Are we? Are there it's pretty been, similar it's, industries. It's because uh, the spend is like the commitment in the spend, complexity in the steps. The yeah, yeah. The 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 fact that we are just now at a point with. Well, we're not. You're seeing it more and more every day in, 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 in multifamily. But uh, the idea ten years ago, you'd rent an apartment and, and never look at it. Uh, yeah, maybe it happened occasionally, obviously, but it wasn't right. Like, but by necessity, not like exactly. out of convenience. Exactly. Today in cars, it's it's like that's the only way I, I go to a dealership. Is just you know, it's not happening <laughs> uh, for lots of reasons. Yeah, uh, but. Um, that that three months, the challenge is that if I stop engaging and go dormant because I'm not shopping every day, yeah, is that how am I keeping uh, how am I keeping my brand top of mind so that when that when the consumer decides that it's time to re-engage, yeah, that your brand's there, yeah, and that they don't 
find themselves back starting over because we got a lot of information coming to us every single day. Yeah. And and the reality of what technology's job should ultimately be is to make that decision for you as the consumer. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible to say it that way, but we're setting you up for every next step. Yeah, and I the don't... best technologies are the ones that lead you down a path mm-hmm. and are there for you. And you do that with personalization and um, the content that you're generating in a, in a fashion that matches what your behavior is and not being back to your original point. What's too much of a cadence? Being yeah. annoying. <laughs> right? Which it, feels abstract. You know, but it's, but if the content was good, if it was relevant, if it was tailored, then you know they wouldn't tell us to shove off. Like and, and to your point on the difference between follow up and nourish, and we might need to go back to that a little bit. Yeah. Nurture, sorry, um, well, it's about the same thing. Nourish, yeah. I'm good <laughs> um, with it, yeah. If we if our follow up isn't meaty, if it isn't important, if it doesn't even just say you know, hey, like it's it's cool if you went somewhere else. Um, would, ju- would just like to know, you know, is there something that I could have done better? Is there something we could have done better? You know, or whatever ultimately that is. If all we do is keep sending the same thing over again, like, hey, are you still looking? Hey, are you still looking? Hey, are you still looking? Would you like to tour? Would you like to tour? Would you like to tour? Yeah, click here. Click to my website to learn more. They came from your website. Yeah. Why are you sending them in this, like, perpetual hell of racetrack? Like, because like, I'm seeing a lot of that. I got real frustrated, obviously, yesterday because I read some things and I was just like, why is it that you and and maybe I'm wrong about this? Maybe it's not the worst thing to redirect them to the website if you've got oh, tools. No. Uh, you want them back on the website? I do. Okay, you so do. I just said doesn't matter. I think I was more frustrated that that was the agent's answer to meeting this sort of like checkbox of I contacted uh, them, uh, I contacted uh, them, and so then it was just like please go back to the website. Yes. Um, but also say then tell me about that because I'm not sure that that would have been my first thought would be to just send them back to the website, but maybe that's a good idea. Well, so if you have technology, <laughs> or does right? it hurt anyway? so, so what automation is basically doing is, is creating a, a, for lack of a better way of saying it, a loop that has the ability for the consumer to be engaged wherever you want. I just and, don't want them to go back through the same process. But that's that's why automation, and this is where AI comes into play, is that if, if you are a consumer and I know who you are, mm-hmm. and through my through my nurture, I'm sending you back to check out the, let's stick with the Yelp integration, because I knew that you cared about um, whether or not there were bars close, right? You come exactly. back to Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I definitely do care about So I, if I greet you, hey, Katrina, when you come back to the website, yeah. and, I, and what pops up is the experience that you care about, and then the next call to action is to schedule a tour... That's different than just sending the consumer to the website and them just figuring out like, why am I back at the like website? Picking up like it like it knows that I can pick up where I left off. Does it know if I last time looked at two bedrooms and that was in my thing? And then is it serving up two bedrooms again? This is personalization, right? And the idea is that you should never answer the same question twice. And and, right. and that's what this that's what this market is just is is getting to the point where they're adopting. I mean, the idea that. That if I convert on your website and I answer some questions and I find a floor plan and mm-hmm. then I leave and I come back and that website does not know who I am, like you know, think about Amazon. Have you ever told Amazon the same thing twice? No, they remind me regularly of all the things that I probably need to restock on. It's like it definite and it and sometimes it is right. It's crazy. Sometimes it's, crazy. it's right, and then I'll be like, 
Finley, why are you using that much moisturizer? Why does Amazon think I need it again? It's been three weeks, but it's oh, actually yeah, not well, wrong. Uh, yeah, I've got two teenage daughters at home, See, so I know all you know, about that. Exactly. The face, the face care regimen. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. But the, thing. but the concept is like that's for that's for ten dollar product. Oh yeah, versus right. a. $20,000 right. place that I'm living. I mean, the expectation yeah. isn't there and there, and there's no fault in this. It's just a, it's a natural progression in the, in the, in the adoption of technology, both by the market itself, but also by the consumers that have to be comfortable to say like, yeah, now I'm just going to call and I'm going to go in. And this kind of parallel path where they're both are like, you know, the market goes, oh, they're doing a lot of shopping on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I get in control of that? Uh, oh, and the, and the consumer's like, man, these pictures on the website and this virtual tour is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, maybe I don't need to go see it. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm good. I wonder how I just can get them to get the paperwork going or, oh, there's an apply. I can lease online. Now, we're not fully there, but, I mean, you're seeing yeah. the path that's kind of I mean, no, now. we are. I mean, technology-wise, we could get we can get all the way there. There's some interjection usually needed during that application process. Also, I still find that when I'm listening to phone calls, because um, I still do that, like that is that is where the the human picks up yeah. a little bit more. Because like in terms of the text that we can serve up on background checks and credit checks, like there's only so much that you can say. I mean, you can serve up the whole rental criteria, but they still they still want to have a back and forth. Like there's still a QA, I think, more at that point. But if they're at that point already, like win. We've already I think we've won at that point because they are a ready, willing, and able buyer that is either already taken, you know, some steps, like some really, really totally. heavy steps. So so I'm not, you know, I'm not bothered by that. I'm not even trying to replace that. But um we go to the minimal use case. Okay. Right, we're kind of absolute in this market sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where I'm having a conversation with you about something, and you're like, "Yeah, but what about Charlie that uh, doesn't have a phone?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, you're not going to get him." <laughs> you know, like that. That right. as is like, let's yeah. start. Let's ask let's, yourselves why. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, let's take care of the eighty percent, and then we'll worry about the twenty percent. Let's not not get the eighty percent right because we're worried about the twenty percent. Yeah. And that's where automation starts to go. And and to your point, if you're if uh, you said it earlier, like if you're embracing automation, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know what we could do? We could do a, a lost uh, a lost application campaign for the people that were in, and for some reason we just lost them. I don't know why we lost them, but they yeah. qualified. You know, I'm making this up, right? Yeah. And now it's a trigger, and and you know that every time somebody does that, you've got you've got this natural nurture that's taking place for this specific use case, and you can continue to build. So do I set that up? Like, is that more based on operator preference or is that still just more algorithm AI? Like your system understands what makes sense to, on that lost traffic to possibly get them. And I'm assuming timing is in order. Like back in my day, my uh, manager, my first manager taught me to keep my guest cards in a binder. They were separated by tabs with months. I bet bet your binder was like, Perfect. Um, I that's so funny. Someone else also said the other day, like Katrina, I thought you would be so orderly, but my car, um, I mean, I'm a I do a lot. I can't say no, it's a problem. So like volunteering plus volleyball tournaments and you know, so my car was it wasn't dirty. It just had stuff in it. Yeah, but your job, Shoes, I bet you were stuff like that. No, like um Really? I 
I think I, I was and I wasn't. I have horrible handwriting. So if you ever looked at anything, it just looks scribbly. <laughs> and I would be the leasing associate that would be getting them in and out a lot because I did my follow-up. I was very, okay. um, I was extremely dedicated to that because I made money from B-backs. We called them B-backs. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and sometimes we even had like. That's a car term. Is it? Be back as a car term? Yeah. Dang it. Well, I didn't know that. Um, how do we know? Do you know the origin? How do you know it? I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying they use it in automotive. Oh, I'm they not, do? I'm not well, claiming. we are more similar maybe than we thought. Yeah. But I, she would make me look, um, you know, 10 months back. Because those people would be at yep. the at the cusp or you know that moment where they probably had to give a sixty day notice, and she would say, "Call all your Octobers," and I was a really really friendly. I like to think memorable leasing associate, so I called all my Octobers and said, "Do you remember me?" And I I didn't always have good notes, but I've always had a really good memory, and so I would be like, "Hey, you know, how's your dog Taco doing? Um, you know, did you guys like it at Washington Village?" <laughs> Truth, that's actual property. Um, you know, you look in, you want to come back. We have stuff available. So, is this um, from a principal standpoint? I, I would, I'd be um, shocked out of my mind if most teams out there ever even thought like that. It's impossible. But maybe they don't have to. Maybe, maybe we should stop trying to teach some of those things. I don't know, and just and just adopt technology that does it because we can't teach them fast enough, to be honest. So it, this is this is the hard part, right? In a in a in a place that is hearts and minds, uh, okay, right? Which is yeah. that you are accepting that there is there are tasks that technology can do and outperform the individual. Yeah, it goes both ways. Oh yeah, I used to. Um, really, really wrestle with this. Yeah, and I also. And this is, I know you did. We this had is lots me. Of conversations. This is me being the, an old person. I'm just like, no, I'm better than any machine you can build, Andy Medley, Katrina Green. Believe I actually believe. I believe that. <laughs> I, yeah, but you've got. But the volume, I, I could never. I could never. You know, do it in volume, and it is a numbers, and it is a numbers game. And also, I think deep down, we just have to ask ourselves as operators, like. They can consumers can still have a great experience. I think I think they're That's probably. That's what's missing is that yeah. they prefer it. They prefer you it. Sure, they do. They prefer. How long did you wait before you called the car dealership? Um, did you know what car you wanted? Well, clearly, I'm a researcher, a mm-hmm. very very detailed researcher. So you're searching. For, point, you're researching your apartment. Yes, I'm researching my apartment to the point where if I get in front of a salesperson and they think they're going to tell me that you know this car has more headroom than that one, I'm going to be like, no, it doesn't. This one's got 2.2 inches more in no way, and it has more legroom too. Like I'm ready. So I think because I'm that ready. Um, I'm my expectation isn't that the salesperson is going to tell me something that I haven't researched. And this could be all the same department store. You might just smack me in the face in a minute with my yeah. own situation. But um, my last situation with my car, I drove it. I felt like I did really good. 180,000 miles on a GMC terrain. It's awesome. And for four months, I uh, cruised around in it. And every now and again, it would just go into reduced engine power. And so, <laughs> I, and I would just, <laughs> so bad, I would just pull over, make a phone call, check my phone. You know, I mean, always doing things. I knew it would start up again and I would make it home. I never panicked. Um, I'm very <laughs> composed. I'm very composed um, at all times and just was like, okay, like I, I have, a weird, just like any attitude where I'm just like, okay. And then we just move on. So that's just who I am. But, but I mean, so I think for four months, I oddly enough, given your time frame earlier with your apartment situation, like I had about four months 
of research, searching. And you knew what you wanted. You at least narrowed it down to two places or two cars. Uh, yeah, I had it. I had it. I always had it down to a type. Like I'm definitely like a midsize SUV person. So, yeah. so that you know, and then certain brand recognition was important was important to me as well. But it was really just a fateful Saturday morning that I was over it. And um, Finley had volleyball season coming up, and we had to drive to St. Louis, Chicago, all these places. And I was like, I have to get a car. And I drove to the dealership that I knew and trusted and probably I had never called them. I grabbed my coffee, drove down there, circled the lot, looked at one, and was like, that would probably work. Let's drive it. (laughs) But I had... I promise I was well researched. I'm not arguing that. My point being, but I did get to. I just got. I was to my buying place for my own reasons, and then I was just like, "Yep, let's go," and then we did it. So impulse. Did that dealership uh, impact your decision at all? I I mean, before you got there, not Um, when you got there, but just because you knew it. I mean, I did search their inventory online for sure before I went there. So I had a general sense of what they had been bringing in, how they'd been pricing them. You know, the the used car and new car market was just wild, um, you know, for oh, yeah, four or five, six months yeah. ago. I, you know, I had to buy my daughter's car during this time. And then also Join the club. my car, which was so, I mean, even, you know, the buying decision just was huge and everything was inflated, which is not unlike what and, people But this is my point, right? My point being that. We're, we're still in a portion where, you know, I was arguing about this is the way consumers want to do it. And you yeah. just gave me the example. Yeah. You know, the, the challenge and where the where the the challenge for the multifamily industry is, how do I control it? Right. How, if, yeah. it, how, how do I how do I engage that consumer, but, but not be invasive of the consumer? Yeah. How do I lead them down a path to pick me? Yeah. Um, but allow the consumer to feel like they're in control. Yeah. Right. And that's all content. And that's that's through just like a good salesperson would be. Yeah. It's through hearing what they're saying and then using that information to serve up to them at the relevant time. To, for them to go, oh, yeah, okay, good, check. Oh, do you guys, yeah, check. Okay, you know what? I'll go check it out on Tuesday because I just had a meeting get canceled. What, whatever it is. Yeah. And all of that is capable. Also, now that I'm sort of analyzing that whole purchasing decision, I was in the parking lot. They hadn't opened yet. I was drinking my coffee. I saw the vehicle. I got on their website. I wanted to read the Carfax report. I wanted to see the, you know, the sticker. Um, they had some other rebates or specials or something like that. So, I mean, I actually sold myself the car standing in front of it. And then um, Rob showed up. And, I mean, he was wonderful. Shout out, Rob. Way to go, Rob. <laughs> he was wonderful. But, um, man, now that I really look at that, I would have bought that car even if Rob wasn't. Because all the other things... All the other things aligned. The tour is a validation of what I've already decided. If I show up yeah. at your property, it doesn't mean that they, I, like, again, this still gives the absolutes because typically what happens is like, yeah, but I'm like, I'm not saying that Susie one time didn't throw out some things and the people are just <laughs> like, this is awesome. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. just saying like most times when they show up, they're like, I just to make sure that this, you're. I'm not getting catfished here. <laughs> this, place, <laughs> you know, this is actually like what it phrasing. looks like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and and the hard part is like, it's it because it's it's just change management. It feels like there's this this concession of on-site teams incapable nature of doing this, and it has yeah. nothing to do with that. Right. And that's yeah. the hardest part of the adoption is because especially the people in the market like yourself, I mean, especially yourself have worked so hard 
to, to train people to be really good at their job and to build this community and yeah. to do all of those things. Yeah. And now you're, now you're basically saying like, you know, you got someone like me coming in and if you want to position it this way is I'm like, my technology is going to beat them. Yeah. And I'm going to give you data that they're going to beat them every day of the week. What they can't do is they can't turn those tours into leases right now. Okay. And that's, that's what you, you know, that's where the market right now in terms of the adoption cycle, it'll get there, but it's still, there's just both the conversation of, uh, the market itself wanting that and also the consumers just like, you know, going whole hog and saying, I don't need to see this place anymore. Just yeah. make all the technology that way you want back to quality. Yeah. How do you get quality in? Well, you put tours in the, on, on the, on the CRM and a CRM is like in this market, uh, is so underutilized. Yeah. There's great, there's Agree. amazing CRMs in the space. But yeah, there are. And you can't do anything with them because you stick every single lead in there. And the only thing the onsite team member can do is just try and keep their head above water by trying to clear out whatever they need to do. Yeah. And then doing this lost lead thing, which throwing away leads to never be followed up with again, to your point. Oh, yeah. They go to just like like a graveyard and Ex- then... Exactly. Um, which isn't which isn't good service either, you know what I mean? Like at that point, we definitely do have to ask ourselves what what is human capability, what is you know, and also now I'm just like, are we supplementing humans with technology or are we at the place now where we're supplementing technology with humans? Do you see what I mean? Yeah, like I it, think it's you, both. I think it just changes. Yeah, but, but is it not weighted one way or another? Six years ago when we uh, used this, oh. were we not, you know, we were looking at our site teams and saying like, hey, you're great and we're going to give you this tool to help you. And it's like now is it that the tech is so great that, um, you know, the, the human is just you know, it's just a different proportion. I think, yeah. it, I think it, I think I might have to come to terms with the fact that it's like a different proportion. It's definitely a different proportion, but it doesn't mean there's not, um, a, a, a an evolution of what the responsibility of the human is. Yeah. Right. Cause it, it's, right. it's hard to have both arguments where it's like, technology is going to take every job. Mm-hmm. I can't find anybody to hire. <laughs> right. Those you can't, the, both that actually the, sounds like a relatively good partnership though, if you think about it. So, you know, we have to, uh, be brave on the operator side yeah, a little bit to say, okay, um, you know, 300 units, let's stop just being like three humans. Let's start saying, I need to be able to, um, you know, do this, this, and this on the processing side. I need to be able to do this, this, and this, like, like just take yeah. it down to the work. And then, you know, because we know what our lead volume is, we need a way to accomplish the nourishment tour scheduling and eventually tour guiding, if you will, of, you know, approximately 96, you know, ready, willing, and able buyers. Because obviously we know like broad scale, there's like lots and lots and lots of leads, but like, let's actually just, if we get it down to the work and then we start assigning the work, you know, if we were to name our technology, <laughs> you know, if, if, like, yeah. I just, I yeah, almost yeah, wonder yeah. if that's how we have to start thinking about it. We have to just say, you know, I don't care what the names are, like leasing A, B, and C. Like if, if 75% of leasing C's job is actually being done by, you know, this technology or this product, well then, um, you know, then I don't, I don't have to have C. I have to make sure A and B have really tight clean processes in other areas of the world so they've got time to be a tour guide, which is the fun part. It's the fun part. So, um, you know, I do I do think that that's we have to have that conversation. We should and stop. And everybody's has a killer closer, right? Everybody has yeah. a killer closer. At least one. You need to have at least one yeah. on and, site. And, and, the and, one. And they love it, right? And they love the fact yeah. that you're stepping in front of me and I'm like, oh, you actually are 
ready to buy. I'm yeah. going to make this happen. And, right. But yet they've got to then go get done with that, and they got to pick up the phone, and they open up their queue, and they're like, which apartment list lead am I going to call? Uh, that is actually going to answer, um, and to, you know, that I going to work to True. get, you know what I'm saying? To work yeah. to get to the next tour. And it's just like those days, those days are done, you know? And so I think I told you this, but like, can you nurture after like post application? Do you have AI tools now that are actually like resident nurture and like post application nurture? At it'll least, go there. We're so we're hundred percent focused on. Like there's enough right now for us to eat around sure. just getting to the tour. And yeah. Now we answer resonant questions and all the basics, and there's a bunch of great tools out there. I think yeah. that's the other piece of this industry is, you know, not one person can be everything. It's just the name another industry that's like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that that's kind of what's happened a little bit with the CRM in this space is that everything just kind of gets shoved in there. Mm-hmm. And I think you and, you and I were talking um, a couple weeks ago. There, it's, it's like every other industry— so I'll use Perk as an example, and this is very common for Nike, uh, Best Buy, uh, any brand where you have a marketing automation platform. And that, that marketing automation platform's job is to house, and there's a distinct difference, every lead or record. Um, for us, it's every property management company that exists in the United States. Mm. And marketing sales has no idea that it exists. They don't. They don't <laughs> log into. Hub, it's called HubSpot. Lo, they yeah. don't log into HubSpot. They don't. They have. They don't even have a login for HubSpot. It's marketing's job to build campaigns and to and to create interest of those individuals. And when they and then when they trigger as sales ready, yeah, they get sent to a CR into our CRM Salesforce and assigned to a rep. And so no quote unquote cold call. No in theory, call. meaning like everything was generated by consumer action. Nothing is generated by just like okay, it's my day to call everyone in the Bay Area <laughs> and see if they've heard of Perk. Never, you don't, not at all. Is it so? It's just like I don't want to say you don't waste your time, but it's just more like using time, use the using time wisely. Yeah, it's all data. Yeah, and I, I so there are there are times where they will have some leads that are not as warm, but they might have shaken a hand at an event and they're following up with them. Yeah, but otherwise, marketing is looking at all their campaigns. They're looking at their conversion rates. They're figuring out even once it gets into Salesforce, do a good integration. Did you close that lead? Did you not? Oh, it didn't fit our you know we call it ICP our our ideal customer profile. Like what does a customer have to look like in order for us to be a good fit for them? Right. Um. And and they're adjusting. And they that's their that's their world is that marketing automation plan. Platform. Yeah. And then Salesforce is all about, did you turn that, once it goes into Salesforce, it's a sales prospect. It's not a marketing lead. It's a sales prospect. And we measure those. We call them opportunities, and we measure them to close. And, and okay. that's, in, in this space, mm-hmm. everything goes into the CRM. There is no separation. Well, I don't think that there can be. I mean, we've got laws that govern some of what we do and how we do it. And I mean, that would be like sort of the other question I would have, like how are operators protected against, uh, you know, claims that may arise that an algorithm treats a particular consumer that may or may not be in a position to share as much information? Like how does that, how does that work? And are we protected? Oh yeah, definitely. We are. Oh, hundred. Well, you better be. You're using us. Uh, yeah. No. You're so that that that. But I know there are listeners that are thinking to themselves. Yeah, well, no, for fair totally. housing reasons, I'm supposed to do first in, every... first out, or or whatever. Ultimately, that looks like, and you know, we're not supposed to pick and choose who who we believe is a you know like a hot lead. So, if how are you doing that? Yeah. Or rather, how are we protected? Um, 
did you schedule a tour? Uh, did they ask to speak okay. to an agent? Yeah. Um, or did they ask us a question that we can't answer? And everything's built around fair housing. Everything's built around... Meaning the, action, reaction. And So if someone doesn't take an action, that's on them, not on us. Is that is that what you're meaning? Like if... Say maybe I confused myself, so let's go back. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make I'm sure fo- that I'm, I'm trying to follow. I just want to make sure I understand. You know, like the you're saying, like did they schedule a tour? Did they, um, you so, know? Yeah. So let's let's so how does a lead become a prospect in multifamily? And that means like what is a high quality lead? That's all we're def- defining right. is like what is the high quality? Yeah. Um, and uh, first off, you can know which is a lot of the reason this takes place today is that you get a lot of leads that go into your system and they never get touched, right? Yeah. Um, so you can know that everyone in a marketing automation platform, mm-hmm. every lead in there is going to be treated like it's gold. Well, that feels better already. Yeah. Every lead yeah. is going to get followed up with. Every yeah. lead is going to get nurtured, and they're going to get nurtured forever. Okay. Not not just one. Now, if they opt out, of course. Right. But they're going to get you know back to you and doing a great job of your be backs and really calling good. them. Yes. <laughs> right. That's what a marketing automation platform's job is. Okay. The CRM's job is once it's defined as a high quality, which is more times than not, they schedule a tour. They ask to speak to an agent. Right. It gets sent to the CRM, and now you instead of having a crap show yeah. in your CRM, you have you have a team that knows. They've got a calendar full of tours, yeah. and they've got some follow-ups with some specific actions of people that actually want to talk to them. Okay. And that's how you define and quality. And have asked for it in some way, shape, or form, or have said, I am ready. You got it. I am. This is welcome. Can you nurture in multiple languages? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Spanish and uh, Chinese right now. I don't know why Chinese. Um, I'm not no negative on Chinese. I don't know how we got there versus, say, like French or you <laughs> Yeah, know, can German. French be next? Yeah, I and think. then Mandarin. I mean, I'm just going to make a list. Like, well, actually, request. I know how Chinese because we, uh, our, our tech team, when you you're open AI, right? So a lot yeah. of cool. There's a lot of cool platforms that you can start to build your modules around. And right. My, our engineers are already laughing at me if they're ever to listen to this because they're like, yeah, let's see how this guy's <laughs> going to explain this. Uh, but there are modules, and sometimes there's languages kind of lumped together okay. in those modules. And yeah. we of course wanted Spanish, and yeah. I guess they lumped it with Mandarin for. Or Chinese. I still get that confused. I keep thinking the next step would be like some version of our own internal like closed AI where, you know, something can answer questions about leases and answer questions about, you know, just different, just anything that comes our, like anything that comes our way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going, and it's going there, right? Yeah. And, you know, you asked about what, what is real AI and real AI is, is the ability to continue to capture data. And to and through that infrastructure that you're building it to consistently make it smarter. The data has to make the application of the AI smarter. The cadences yeah. have to change. Yeah. The, the it has com- to say we did this and this worked, so we're going to do this again. You got it. But <laughs> kind that, and kind that's, of. And that's only half of it, right? Because the other half is this conversational AI piece. You know, like Siri or uh, or Hey Google. It's like yeah. if, I, if 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 I'm a consumer talking to it, right, through chat or through text or through whatever email, um, ideally not email. Uh, for all the reasons we right. know, yeah. um, who wants to email? Um, it has to recognize it, and, and and what's crazy is that's that's really complicated. But it also has to make sure that, it, to your point, it is a hundred percent fair housing, right? So it's not yeah. answering anything. That's the problem with like if someone came to me and said, "Hey, I think I'm going to use OpenAI for my for my chatbot on my website," and I'm like, mm, You're like that's scary. That's scary because they're yeah. going to say, "Hey, uh, you don't make enough money." <laughs> 
<laughs> like, how are they going right. to know that? So, yeah. Um, but to your point, you, all you're doing is layering in these these um, the way consumers are actually asking questions. Mm-hmm. And they go into these categories. I'm in the weeds right now, but like how AI is built. And yeah. so these are like, like we call them uh, intents. They're basically like categories. A category is like availability. A category is like a uh, tour. Yeah. And you might say, hey, I want to schedule a tour. Mm-hmm. I might say like, hey, I want to check the place out. The technology has oh. to recognize that that's tour category and, and follow up and appropriately. Up. You got yeah. it. You got it. And then you just keep adding on these additional intense categories yeah. um, based on the data and what's happened. And so it just keeps getting smarter and smarter and smarter. And you, now you get add residents. Now you add foreign languages. Yeah. Um, How can we differentiate ourselves? You know, do we have any opportunity in the actual response and language to have some personality? Because, you know, some, some consumers shopping here and here and here and here might be getting the same they're getting. Mm. They might be getting nurtured the same, depending on what you know products they're using, or if I'm in a market that's saturated with perk. Like, are they getting the exact same, you that's know, ding from property A, B, and C? Yeah. What opportunity do we have to differentiate? Uh, that's a great question. So, um, the the way the technology is. First off, the technology should never should never act like it's a human being. Okay. Uh, first off, there's laws against that. Uh, okay. But second off. Uh, We've experienced it, and as we've talked to consumers, uh, and and you can read. And there's a reason, like when you're talking to Siri, you know that you're talking to a bot. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to be tricked. I, I'm smart enough at this point in time that I'm. I'm yeah. I know I'm not talking to a human being. Right. Um, so that's the first piece. But then, as far as far as the follow-ups comes through, doesn't mean that in this conversational AI mm-hmm. and the messages that are being brought up, your brand needs to come through. Yeah, right? that's. I've heard other operators say that their worry is that. It's really just like a, um, you know, it's just another way to consume, you know, website text that may or may be pretty basic. And if if we want to have some wit, or some humor, or some lightness, or some airiness, like how do we how yep. do, we do it? And, and and you definitely can do it. Okay. Right? If you've got the right technology, the good news. you can put that you can put that in there. The balance in all of this, um, it does rely on the product, right? Yeah. Is the property good? <laughs> <laughs> Do people want to live there, <laughs> right? Because yeah. so there's there's the that content, aspect. The, like, con- the content is yeah. the content's everything. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to some of the static, and we 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 have conversations with our customers about this, where it's like, if if I'm laying in bed at night, and I'm on your website, mm-hmm. or I'm I'm texting, um, and I'm trying to find out if you have a pet, mm-hmm. just can I have a pet? Just tell me if I can have a pet. Don't don't be like yes you can have a pet and our community is the most beautiful place in the entire world because I'm laying I because I want to go to the next question and okay. I'm not going to read it oh right so there's it doesn't mean they won't read a little right but I mean I'm I'm preaching to keep the it choir. simple yeah meaning like keep it simple okay but, but there are a multitude of ways so it's a bad idea to be like yes you can have a pet this is a picture of our pet park also meet you know pet of the month Toby. Yeah, is that too far? Is that too far? I, uh, it's okay. No, it's, no, 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 no. That's, not, that's probably not too far. I've got my, everybody's got that friend, right? Mine's just my business partner where you get the text <laughs> and you're like, geez, oh my God. Can I use AI to Like to it takes the whole the screen? It's a, yeah, okay. that's what you don't want, right? Okay, That's yeah. what you don't want. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it can't be half the screen with some personality, exactly okay. what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's, we can. It's, oh, definitely. It's just the balance and making sure that you... But where's the lift on that us? Like we need to write it that way, so you know to serve it up that way. Yeah, and it, that, fair to say. Yeah, and, and, and okay. I think that's the other piece is that because you buy it, you want to be done with it. 
And, right. and we can do that, right? I mean, and most companies can be like, here's exactly the canned conversions we need. There's the best practices. Right. Um, but what typically happens, particularly for the ones back to your original point of do, how do you stand out? Yeah. You're constantly tweaking it. And you're looking okay. at engagements that are taking place, and you're like, oh, man, I wish we had said that. We, oh, we should put that in there. Yeah, right? that was like, good. Yeah, that was good, <laughs> right? And, and that's the – or you're, you're listening to your best salespeople, and you understand some yeah. of the things that they say. Mm-hmm. And how they execute it. And, you got it. Yeah. And, and, adjust, and adjust your messaging to that. Yeah. The differentiation is um, totally understandable from my perspective on, on your side of the table, why you'd be concerned like sitting on our side of the table, I, I, I know um, the companies that are good and using it. Yeah. Uh, even the ones that are using it the most mm-hmm. are still way separate. Okay, but also the defaults work. Like we would get results with default answers, because default answers would at least be answers that are quick and relevant. And, yes. you know, here I'm over here like, but doesn't have personality and I need to be like, but do my people have personality? You know, I, I mean, yes, they do. But also, I just in all fairness to leasing associates everywhere, we have to remind ourselves, even when it comes to tour time, like yeah. that's, um, you know, that's like that's their moment with us. Like we're they're not cattle. And sometimes it can get very, you can, it can just be where it's like, well, let me turn it on again. It's time to, you know, it's time to go do this. And then it's like very um, robotic because it's like repetitious for us. I totally get that. So I guess, you know, there's a piece of that that just says, um, you know, if we honed in on a great presentation that was still authentic with just a little bit of personality, that would be, that would be fine. That would be adequate for the consumer um, instead of me always just thinking like it has to be like a performance. <laughs> like to me, it's just a performance every yeah, time. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to get you and you're going to talk about me to your friends and family and we're going to be friends and maybe I'm in your wedding someday. And, you know. Um, <laughs> and hopefully you sign a lease. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, those times are, those times are gone for a lot of different reasons, but I also just think like maybe we can all um, come to a, a, a better place if we remember Strongly, that it's actually the consumer that wants this. Like, and because I also just think sometimes we're over here, like, we're forcing them. We think they're that we're forcing them into some environment that they don't enjoy, but really it's that maybe, um, you know, we don't understand it or we don't enjoy it, but really the consumer's like, nope, I, I want this. But, um, you know, we started to touch just a little bit on content because you said, like, does is the property nice? Like, <laughs> that's part of it, you know, it has to show well. Um, you know, you said CRMs are great, and they are. I agree. And your product is great. I've used it myself. But some of it does hinge on what what content you have to serve up. And that brings us to integrations because it's a, it's a hot topic right now with operators and prop tech. I don't know why. Uh, right. Um, for a variety of reasons. And I won't quote anybody necessarily, but, I mean, there are people that are trying to – there are companies that are trying to – capitalize on it in a way that feels grossly, um, gross. Well, gross, right. Just gross. But I mean, just, you know, an exaggerated way to grow revenue at the expense of, you know, longtime operators that are just trying to, you know, run, run, you know, fruitful businesses and they're doing it under the guise of, well, you know, we're not going to make money, you know, maybe we're not going to make more money off of this product, but now I'm going to make more money by, um, you know, making them pay me if they want to use some other product. And it's not always competing products. Like I could see it if you had some stake in the game 
um, or a company had some stake in the game in terms of like, I have this product and, you know, they want to use this other third party product, but I need to drive them to me. So I'm going to charge them an arm and a leg to use that and make it so painful that they come to me. I, I'm going to get that from a, just the standpoint of revenue. But when that is not the case and there's just like charge after charge after charge and plus they charge you all, right? Like sometimes the, no, they're charging us even more. They're charging you even more than us. They're charging everybody just not in, to in, work. Not all. Yes. Not all. Exactly. Not all. Right. Yes. That's not yeah. making a blanket statement, but yeah. I am definitely saying from a data and integration perspective, that's getting Heart, pe- people are just like what trying to be on lockdown or something and why are they punishing us like we we yeah. want to use a lot of it i don't it's a business model change right and and so it's a this is a yeah. because there's an expense that i don't understand on the integration side because no. i also sometimes i'm like if you have if you have added expenses you have to you have to work that out. Not, but, bus- not, not business model for you, business model for them. Right. Okay. But yeah. they don't have extra expenses. They just found a revenue stream. Uh, yeah. I would, I'm sure they can argue they have ad- added expenses, and that's opportunity yeah. cost as far as I'm yeah. concerned, right? right. Um, but these are, these are antiquated technologies uh, that didn't start with the idea that they were going to plug a bunch of other technologies in. Oh, Okay. And they also started with the ideas. They started to see it that they'll just build it themselves. And um, I think this is short-term pain mm-hmm. for long-term innovation. Okay. Because the idea that they're going to charge partners uh, to put leads into a CRM, yeah, is insane. Because it you know is insane. A, you know what a CRM is for? Leads. Yeah. And yeah. what'd you pay? Yeah. It's to put leads into. Right. Yeah. Right? So I just look at it and go, this is going to suck for a while. And then there's going to be some, again, there already, there already are some killer technologies yeah. that are just going to come up and they're not going to have the same operating cost that are going to play ball with everybody. Okay. And that are going to, that are going to come to you guys and you're going to go, this is, this is sweet. And you're going to, and they're going to create an environment to open up your pain of dealing with that and saying, I'll look, and I know the switching costs are going to suck. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to have to go through a little bit. Right. Uh, and maybe I'm making all this up, but like that's kind of how innovation takes place because their opportunity to change, they're already killing it. Yeah. Right. They're already the behemoth. And, and that move is, um, you know, what is it, the innovator's dilemma or whatever, where I've built something that's so successful that I can't change from it, even though I need a change from it, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's a little bit of where these first-to-market property management systems, um, first-to-market CRMs are. Yeah. And, and that's really hard for us because we we have the car and we're driving the car and we're just looking for aftermarket parts that fit. Oh, we're uh, just looking for that's all we want. We just want some aftermarket parts that yeah. fit that make the car, you know, drive faster, better, whatever ultimately that is. And then the thought process behind changing the car for the part is really Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. It's totally. really hard. It's really hard. I'm I'm in that position right now today um, you know, trying to navigate through the tech stack. And integration is a question, and it's not like I've never talked about that. I've always talked about that. It's been something important to me, but it's not been important for me to talk about cost of or what does the future look like or, you know, how are you being cut off or how are you being welcomed into certain, you know, into other platforms. But at this point, I have to ask those questions early and often. And also integration is not, um, I mean, they aren't all equal. 
You know, someone, someone can be boasting, well, yeah, we integrate with, you know, your core property management system. But what that really means is, you know, one-way communication. And I'm like, no, I need two-way for this reason or that reason or something. I I don't know like that. But I mean, like in terms of your world, um, like how much do you have to change the way that your technology is? Have you had to change it for others, for other, like to fit with other, with integrations? So we've had to change less. Okay. Uh, and there are some that do what we do, and they live inside the CRM. Mm-hmm. And that was a hard, fast no for us uh, when we started to build our technology. First, because it's not how the rest of the free world kind of builds technology. Right. But second, because I am absolutely limited in my capabilities if I'm trying to function. Yeah. I've got to leverage more of these integrations if I'm a, a fake agent inside the CRM. Yeah. And more importantly, if I want to, if I want to build my own integrations to work with, you know, really cool companies uh, that do cool things. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be able to do that because it's got to plug into the CRM, and so I'm not in control of my capability of expanding by partnering with best in class solutions. Yeah. Um, so I'm instantly stuck. You know, you're asking how it impacts us. Well, half of our engineering resources go to fixing. Broken integrations. Oh, right? yeah. yeah so, I believe it. Yeah. Like, so if you're a technology company. But are you pretty agnostic? Like, is that is that the goal is like to just stay? Oh, I don't care. Where you can you attach use. to anything? Okay. Yeah. I yeah. don't care who you use. Uh, and it's one was of the that the right word? When I said it. Yeah. As I said it, I was like, was that the right word? No, it wouldn't be atheist. Well, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it, 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 yeah, definitely agnostic, but you know, for you guys, I get it. I mean, you know, the the challenge is like, what it sounds like on our end is like, oh man, okay, well something's broken. It's not, I mean, we're looking at our API and it's not us. And so you call us and I'm like, I think it's ABC and you're like, oh my God, here we we go. Yeah. Um, but for, for where you're going, you nailed it on the head and it really comes down to like two things that matter. Okay. The first is the consumer experience, right? You're putting it digital. So you can't like create this integration that causes it to be a dead hole, right? Yeah. For the consumer. Right. Or some terrible experience or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the second is that you got to be able to measure all of this. And so the data has to work out in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's muddy. It's actually, oh, it's muddy. It's way muddy. It's muddy. I, I can't recall a time ever in my career where I talked to someone who was in a, you know, capacity similar to mine or just, you know, that really looks at analytics a lot and says, you know what? I trust this data. 100%. And as soon as you see them do that and you look at their face and you see them twitching and you're like, look, I'm no FBI agent, <laughs> but like, I, I think there was some yeah. doubt there. No polygraph. No polygraph needed. Yeah, you looked and, up. And um, that's funny. I look up when I'm thinking, but I have read before that like, that's yeah, an I'm identifier. That. Yeah, I look up when I'm when I'm thinking, I don't know, because I feel like it freaks people out if, like, I'm looking right in your eyes, but but you know I'm not looking. Do you yeah, know what I mean? I but nonetheless, mean. I, I, I um, yeah, I've never seen an operator say with, with. Um, I mean, I think they'll say things like, I mean, it's as close as I can get it or, you know, something like that, but it's very muddy. I remember the first time that we started using, um, you know, Perk, and it was like website leads were, you know, definitely, definitely changed. Like you could see this like spike, but then like, it wasn't necessarily perk. And I was like, well, something's broken in there. Like there's no, you know, there's no way. So we had a lot of fixing to do inside um, the CRM. We did. Attribution. Oh yeah. We I mean, did. And then, me. and then even then you're just like, you know, 
apartments.com will in theory convert to get it to the website and then, you know, maybe perk converted um, into the tour and then the agent converted into a lease. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, you know, you look at, you look at that. I mean, that was a zigzag path, but I mean, that was in theory, like multi-touch, like did a human, was a human involved, was an engagement tool involved. And then was, you know, this sort of like lead, um, you know, the starting point, they walked into the mall, they went, they went to the ILS and, you know, how do I make sure everyone gets credit for it? And yeah. like, to me, it's like information, influence, influence. Like, I just want to, you know, yeah. or whatever, it really, it's like information channel to get it to us. And then we have to influence it. I, there's no, we could, we could the make best, up names yeah, for it. Yeah, the, the best, the best companies, what the, like what we do is we just, we figure it out, right? And then we're building playbooks yeah. associated with. You're those like me. I just are. give you. Our, I just give you Google Analytics access. So that way, like, I feel really comfortable that everybody's lined up, right? Because because I can tell you, we are not trained. Um, not, yeah. You know, we didn't go through maybe like I remember one time a long time ago. I wanted to take like this eight class series from Google Analytics, and I think I started it and immediately was like, um, <laughs> I think I'm in over my head. That or, sounds terrible. Yeah, and actually, I would probably <laughs> revisit it today. I, I would be in a different position and level of excitement about it today than I certainly would have been at that time. At that time, it was more just I wanted to be in the dashboard and yeah. be comfortable, and I wanted to be able to get past to just being able to. To quote, you know, like a little bit of behavior and where the referrals came from, yeah, you know, yeah, some yeah, of that. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. know, but I it, it's too complicated. Um, you just want it to work. I just want it to work. I just want to run a few, you know, I want to look at a widget or I want to run a few reports that give me some confidence that my marketing makes sense. Like, like what I'm spending makes sense and where I'm spending it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, is that the other? It doesn't seem like too much to ask. It doesn't seem like too much to ask. Yeah. But but I, if I remember right, that was the other sort of like byproduct of having, you know, this, um, this sort of middleman space, uh, for like a better way of saying it, where like you were the one tracking how it got there. You know, and then and so and it's improving like, attribution and CRM. Yeah, yeah, because you you've just got to try and I mean the data the more human touches it the worse it's going to be. Yeah, that's just that's it. Yeah, and there's a lot of touching inside of a CRM because that's what it's built for. It's built for a human. Yeah, to take the, the leads point. and work it right. Yeah. That's the whole. It's the entire point. Yeah, right. So uh, the job of marketing automation is to do exactly what you're talking about, which is to put you in a position where. I, yeah, let's set up the lead sources. Let's make sure that you like the attribution. What format do you want inside of GA4 so how you want to track your attribution? Yeah. And then let's pull the data outside of the CRM and understand what got to application or what got to lease or whatever, and let's work ourselves back. And, you know, there's there's what this, what's also happening with this market is the adoption of, of business intelligence tools, BI tools, um, to build out. Yeah, uh, love love me some BI tools. There you go. Build out some folders for marketing. <laughs> That's why I said widget. Like I, in my head, I started to say report, and then I'm like, wait, I just look at widgets now. Um, there you go. And it makes me really happy. It makes me yes. really happy. I was also just thinking, like, like CRM means what? Customer relationship management? Is that? I mean, that is the exact right. So, just the thought of thinking customer. Like what? Like what's a customer? And you're right about that. Like a lead is a lead, and then a customer is a customer. So let's get it in the customer relationship management. Once we have a relationship with this customer, yes, um, that's like a solid way to. That's a, for me. That's now like a more solid way that resonated with me. It just hit Good. me. Just All hit right. me right Good. now. I'll, um, I'll use that then. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm just checking our time. Oh. 
hour and 10 minutes. Andy says to me when he starts, he's like, so what are we doing? Like a half an hour? And I was like, um, no, like it's definitely going to be every bit of an hour. And, um, these bright, these lights just, I mean, I am bald now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look, don't look. It doesn't matter. Most people are listening, not watching. That is the good news. Um, I mean, I could, there's other things that I, you know, had on, had on the list, but I do think that we, I do think that we hit a lot of them. I'm going to ask you one more question because I don't think it's like a really lengthy answer necessarily, but this is going to sound like old phrasing. And I want you to explain the difference to me, if you may, between a chat bot and what your engagement product looks like. Is there a difference? Mm. Uh, because I think also there's enough operators that are just getting in that space and there's so many vendors yeah. and they're all selling this and somebody might be like, oh yeah, Perk's a chatbot. And and I don't think that that's true. We um, have a chatbot. Yeah. It you, goes on your website. Yeah, you have one. Yeah, you know, okay. There's a bunch of different types of chatbots. Yeah. Uh, there's these rules-based ones where you can kind of, you not ask it anything. You just have to kind of Click one, and it's like, what would you like to do? And it gives oh, you right. like four options. That's yeah. called rules-based. Which really feels no different than like the navigation pane in the website, but some people would just choose the bottom right corner, so the top left corner. Is that? That's it. You, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's kind of like the first chatbots, right? Before yeah. conversational AI was really a right. thing, and it just kind of accelerated so much that conversational AI basically means that you can um, ask any question. That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, and then... We have kind of a hybrid approach where we also layer in calls to action. So you make the chatbot a little bit more um, interactive, giving them options inside of that. Uh, But that's an important piece on the website. Uh, And so, yes, we have a chatbot. But, you know, the chatbot's job, and this is where people get confused, is they think it converts. I think it turns into... It turns anonymous person to known person. Yeah. I can promise you from the data. We, I would tell you, <laughs> it, 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 they don't convert ever. All right, I'm asking it questions. That's the yeah. job of a chatbot. Is I want it. It's just like if there was to your point, yeah. a salesman walking the floor. The chatbot's job is when if I come to the website, like, hey, I can't find the pet policy. Do you guys accept pets? Yes. Yeah. I won't use that example a hundred times, but that's you know. Okay. Now that's one piece. Yeah. But then you've got to have. A bunch of other pieces if you want to accomplish this marketing automation and take lead management off of your on-site teams. And those things include the ability to nurture across channels. Right. That means you've got to live everywhere your consumers live, on your phone, inside of Google My Business, um, on your ILSs, on your social. Yeah. Uh, You've got to have content and the capability to bring up content to deliver to those consumers. That content typically comes from the website, both in the form of the awesome pictures and stuff that you have on the website, but the interactive experiences we talked about earlier. Those are are just additional calls to action because, like you talked about, if I'm nurturing somebody for five months, I can't just keep saying... Same. Would you like to schedule a tour? Would you like to schedule a tour? Would you like to right. schedule a tour? You've got to have other pieces that draw them in and get them engaged. So, so would a bat would a bat a bot be more you know kind of like flapped and then but like the natural language ones? Would you consider that just to be more interactive, a little bit more lively, for lack of a better way? Of I saying think it? of the I think of the I think of a chat bot being um, a critical. An important piece yeah. of many pieces uh, in yeah. dri- driving a marketing automation strategy. People are passionate about how they feel about engaging with a chatbot, though. S- like they, they sure do. And also this office in particular, like when we were naming ours, because you get to. Have oh, a, I didn't see what you name it. Uh, well, we default. <laughs> 
we just went with the default because, but in the office, uh, it's funny, you know, I'm in this office with investor relations and construction and, you know, people that don't, um, on the daily do anything in the property management world. Although my office is close enough to them and I am loud enough that every now and again, like they know when I'm fired up in a positive way or not, just depending on what that is. But I was like, Hey, or watching deers eat the moms. watching deer eat moms. That was, I got that text message today. Those deer are so cute. Pretty cute. Um, like I said, like, Hey, what should we name our bot? And then just like, they were so serious about all of their recommendations and they're in Google and they're just, you know, looking at this and let's name it this. And like, why don't we name it gray bot? Because it's gray residential. And, um, that wasn't the worst idea I, that came out of there. I don't know. Maybe that's what it's we would name bad. it. I don't know. Nothing against yeah. Spencer, but I mean, gray bot is kind of, kind of gray. Can of vanilla. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but then it turned into that conversation of like, what's it like to engage with the bot? And, and, you know, it was, it was, Mostly, it was mostly negative. It was mostly hatred. And then they would identify brands that you had no other option. Oh, yeah, that's, and that's one of the other important, you cannot, that cannot be the case. Like you can, it can't should, be the only thing. You should be able to engage with marketing automation and never talk to the bot. I mean, you should, you should be able to do that. Yeah. I can't remember what customer service, you know, what particular Verizon. brands it was, but that was that. Well, I think, I think like cable internet, like that, oh, that was what it was equated to was like, this is the only thing that you can yeah. do. But, but um, I remember I taught a leasing class last year, and I read off some of the funniest things that people asked. Oh, like you should, that you people that, typed. Yeah, you, I know. I took a picture of it. Hold on, we're going to read a couple. We're going to read just a couple because um, it, they made me laugh. I think my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, this is so. Someone obviously in response to maybe some line of questioning about pets. The person put in all caps. No, I need to take all four of my cats, or they will die in the streets. <laughs> I'm just like, who puts that in a you can't who imagine. puts that in a prompt, you know? And I can only imagine what the response even was to that. Uh, I like that somebody just on a whim got to the site, decided to type in my daughter lives there in apartment three twenty one and her roommate and friends are always smoking in the apartment. Sarah does not smoke or do drugs. <laughs> Like just as a FYI, I guess. I don't know. You what know, I'm supposed like to do a with mo- that. yeah. What are we supposed to do? Well, with we've that? got people who are like, why? Why is the answer rate not 100? percent And I'm like, well, <laughs> because we have people come to the site and say, um, I'm locked in the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> can you help? And that's happened. No, more than once. No. Oh yeah. People uh, are inside their apartment and they chat it up and say, their 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 thought process. Caused them to land on the property website to get on the chat bot and to no. ask for help. No. Like, and w- does your system recognize? No, we don't recognize if you're locked in the bathroom. Language like that. Like no. it probably just says, okay, this is our maintenance line for lockouts. It probably recognizes lock. It, but what it recognizes right? is that we don't recognize the question and we give an emergency oh. maintenance number or an after okay. hours office number. Fair and enough. Say, call Fair some, enough. Call a human that's going to be able to come to your place and actually <laughs> unlock you. We have one where it's like, uh, the summer live there. Like, I, <laughs> couldn't tell you. Couldn't, couldn't tell you. Got to call in. I, I love all, one of them also <laughs> said, like, you know, um, F, F this. I used to be king of this place. <laughs> F this bot. I used to be king of this place. You know, I mean, I think, like, that's where, too, I read those things and I just think, like, yeah, sense of humor is. Important. Um, important. So, you know, as we're, as we're, you know, plugging that content in, even if it's short, like maybe there is a way for it to just be totally. tweaked a little bit and, you know, feel like it has personality. But I think the takeaway here is like, the takeaway for me is that we're not taking anything away from the consumer, 
by adopting products that either support the human or adopting products that, you know, um, in the end, the human also, you know, just comes in in the end and supports. And, and maybe just the distribution of that work is different today than it was five or six years ago, but it existed. It's not like it didn't. I've known you for quite some time, like you said, PP, pre, pre-pandemic, pre-COVID, can we say PC? I like pre-COVID better. Oh, there you go. That's fine. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> it's not as fun, but it might be better. But um, Andy Medley, I just, I really appreciate that you came back, sat down beside me, clarified some things um, and maybe gave us a little bit more ideas, I suppose, on how automation is working for us and not not against us, not in lieu of us. And, you know, it's sky, sky's the limit. If we have a conversation a year from now, I guarantee there's a lot of advancement. Yeah. So we'll just have to do that. But I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. That was fun. Uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe. This was episode. This was episode five, but there's more to come.